Well, good morning. Thanks. Thank you guys for doing a pump up song before I got on stage, because that was awesome. Um, my name is John, like Matt said. By the way, Matt, thanks for the kind words. Um, he's a he's a great guy as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm an associate pastor at Orange Crest Community Church. And probably many of you have heard of Orange Crest Community Church. Um, and for good reason. It's because you guys launched a team that started us. And so as uh, I told people where I was going to be today, and I said, oh, I'm going to CIV. And there's kind of this like, ooh, you're going to CIV. And that may sound funny to you, but it really is the the feeling that we have when we talk about CIV. And, and what it is, is we are so grateful for you. Um, honestly, the our ministry in Riverside, which feels far away, but it's really not. But but our ministry there, just the support that we get from you guys, that, that ooh feeling or that statement that people said when I said I'm coming here, that's connected to a deep, deep gratitude for you and, and what you guys are doing. So I, I represent OCC once again. Josh was here a couple of weeks ago, but once again to say thank you um, for your support, continued support. It wasn't just you launched us and, and said, see you later. There's, there's a continued support. So anyway, I'll get back on my notes here. I wanted to make sure to say thank you. And, and, it's, and, it, and for that reason, it really is an honor for me to be here. So with that said, we're going to jump right back into this uh, message series that you guys started last week called Unfazed. Um, so we're, we're doing the same series at OCC. So we're we're synced up this morning. I, I got to uh, get some help from from your pastor, Randy, and then Josh, our pastor, uh, to put this together. So um, what we're doing in this series, Unfazed, is we're really looking at how to find strength um, in God, despite life as it comes at us, and and it's difficult. Life is not easy, as it turns out. Um, as you guys are finding out and, and have found out, life is there's things that can rattle us as we just kind of live life. And so we're talking about how to find strength. Where in the Bible do we look, uh, and, and how do we find out about God? What do we do when we're rattled? Um, so again, the goal is is to to do that. We're looking into the Psalms in this series. Uh, the Psalms are a collection of writings. It's a big book right in the middle of your Bible. And we can learn a lot uh, by digging into the Psalms. And so last week we kicked off this series, or, or Pastor Randy did, discussing how, how God brings help to us to think clearly. When, when there's things are distracting around us, maybe you recall that from last week. We get distracted, um, but, but we talked about how to focus and how to, how to get through distraction. This week, we're going to talk about being unfazed by intimidation. So do you ever look around as you just kind of process life? Do you ever look around and you feel, you realize, man, I'm feeling kind of threatened or I'm, I'm fearful of things. It seems like there's things I can't control and they're spinning out of my control. Here's a, here's a video just to kind of illustrate this point. I use these for acid indigestion. So what are we going to use these for? Intimidation. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I realized if you're a little bit queasy, that wasn't the best clip to show you. But intimidation, that's what we're talking about. The, the, the other team wasn't prepared for that, and that, you know, was intimidating to them. Um, intimidation hits us in our lives in various ways. It can happen in big ways. It can happen in small ways. And so 
through the Psalms, when we really look into the Psalms and dig in, we see numerous examples of God's people dealing with intimidation. Uh, many times, this, as we read the Psalms, what they're doing is they're crying out to God for help, and they're crying out because the circumstances in which they are writing, uh, they're just intimidated, they're overwhelmed. Uh, other times, we see the psalmist observe what's happening around them, um, and they're just jotting down the lessons of what they see. So we have a lot to gain by looking into the Psalms. And so I invite you to, to use this listening guide and follow along. Um, in Psalm 2, where we, last week you looked at Psalm 1, so we're going to go Psalm 2. And I promise this is not a 150-week series because there are, I believe, 150 chapters. We're, we'll speed it up. But we are in Psalm 2, but we see how we can deal with intimidation on a global scale. So that, so this first point here, intimidation hits us on a global scale. Look at the first couple of verses in, in chapter 2. It says, Why do the nation, nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves against, uh, set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart, cast away their cords from us. So in Psalm 2, the, the first verse, it says, the nations rage and the people plot in vain. And actually, interestingly, if you were here last week, this word plot in chapter 2 is the same root word as the word meditate you looked at last week. So there's this idea of focused attention. But in this case, it's, it's nations and kings strategizing to come against God and his people. And the world sees God as somebody who's interfering with their lives. And, and having it their way. And so that's where this focused attention of, of coming against God is coming from. The scriptures are actually full of, of stories of God's people, God's own people, allowing themselves to be intimidated by the evil world around them. And so for us today, we can identify with this as well. Uh, there's greed in the world. There's so many people and groups that are hungry for power. When people don't believe in God or they don't have God's standard of what's right and wrong, we can get hit by intimidation and and injustice all the time. It's really not hard to identify this today. In the news right now, uh, there's world powers flexing their muscles uh, and threatening action. That's tension right now between the U.S. and North Korea. There's, There's many other examples of, on a global scale, things we could be intimidated by. Terrorism has been a constant in the world since, really since I can remember, several decades. There's, there's privacy issues, our own information. Is it private? Are we safe and secure? Um, these things can hit us on a global scale, and, and it's completely out of our control, completely out of our hands. But they impact us on a personal level. And that leads to the next point. In Psalm 3, the next chapter, intimidation, we see how it can rattle us on a personal scale. How intimidation can impact our, our lives, not on the global scale, but really on individual life problems that come up. Psalm 3, let me give you a little bit of context before we uh, get into this next chapter. Psalm 3 was written by David. Um, he was a man uh, known for being a man after God's own heart. So this is a godly man. But he went through some really intense times in his life. Uh, his story is captured in, earlier in the Old Testament, but this psalm, uh, chapter 3, was written. He wrote it during a time when his own son, Absalom, was hunting him down to kill him and, and take over his kingdom. His own son. 
Um, and this was a big problem for David, but it was on this personal scale. So here's, here's what David writes. Let's jump right in. Chapter 3. In verse 1, he says, Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. So we see David's struggle here. He's just expressing his intimidation or his, his heart. He's, he's running. He's on the, he's being hunted. Can you imagine? For us, Lord willing, that will never happen to us. I hope that you don't get hunted uh, by anybody ever. Uh, but we can deal with this type of intimidation on a personal scale as well. Um, just breaking down these passages a little bit, and, and you have them in your guide. It says in verse 1, how many are my foes? David lets us know our enemies can be numerous. For us, we might feel outnumbered uh, by intimidating people. It might be at work, might be at school, or might be even at home in your own family. But we can feel outnumbered. We, we may be feeling we're treated unfairly constantly, and there's so many of them. Or we feel stuck under a boss at work or an unfair, just an unfair situation, and we feel outnumbered. We, we can relate to this. David also calls his enemies aggressive in, in the second part of that first verse. He says, they, many are rising against me. We can wonder ourselves, are we safe? Or are, is our family safe in this aggressive world? Uh, he, David says in verse 2, Many are saying of my soul, they're mocking. Enemy, our enemies mock us. We may experience major relational conflict in our lives, maybe even on a regular basis with friends, family, or coworkers. Uh, we, we can feel like we have to walk on eggshells, and that's, that's a, a sense of what we're getting here from David as well. They're, they're mocking. Our enemies can be demoralizing as well, that second part of verse 2. There is no salvation for him in God. We may be, you know, this comes in a variety of ways. One thought is we may be around others who seem so much more successful or they, they got their break, but I didn't get mine yet. And, or we, we, and we get this intimidation that like, why aren't we further ahead and why are they? And um, we just don't seem to measure up and we feel like we're being attacked and, and we're demoralized. And maybe, maybe none of those relate to your life right now or maybe some of them do and you can identify but these are the things that, I, that intimidate us. So what do you do when you, when you get intimidated? Think in your own life. First of all, can you recognize intimidation? It, it's not always on the surface. But what do you do? I was thinking about that question uh, for myself. And, and at times I tend to, I have a, a few different responses, I think. Uh, one is I, I might isolate myself. I might pull back if I'm intimidated. And it might be because I'm embarrassed that I'm intimidated to begin with. And so I don't want to admit that. Um, but this year, here's a, a quick personal story. I, I had to deal with one of those IRS scams. Have you guys heard about this? When they call you or you get a letter and it says you owe $10,000. Um, only I quickly realized this one wasn't a scam. This was an official letter from the IRS. And uh, it turned out, I'll tell you the end of the story, just so you're not like, should we listen to this guy? Uh, <laughs> It turned out to be an error. There was an error, but I got a legitimate letter from the IRS, and uh, it spelled out what I owed to them. Needless to say, I was intimidated. I felt really small holding this letter, um, and it took me a while to process this thing. I didn't even want to admit to my wife that we got this. I was racking my brain. How could this be true? So I didn't even want to admit to my wife, let alone let other people in on the fact that I was intimidated and 
I, I really wanted to pull back. The end of the story is happy. I got several weeks ago, I got a letter that said you have a zero balance. So the, the error was fixed. Uh, I don't want to leave you hanging on that. I was hanging for a while on that. So uh, so you might in, in the face of intimidation, unexpected bill or conflict, you, you may want to pull back and, and isolate yourself. Or I did this, too. In my example, we worry. We, we spend a lot of useful energy on worry. We, we, we waste time and energy doing running the scenarios. What could happen? What 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 is the next you know month look like or what what's going to happen in the near future? And before we know it, we end up living a life in the reality of worry rather than living life in reality and what it actually is. And so we're going to unlock what is true in these situations in just a minute. Or we doubt. We may, we may claim to, to trust God, but then when the intimidation hits hard, we actually start to doubt. We feel threatened and we doubt God's existence or that he can really help. We doubt that he's good to us like the Bible says he is. So it is helpful to get into the Psalms on this issue because once we unfold and, and define intimidation and realize this is a, this is a reality in our lives, um, reading the Psalms helps us, gives us a guide on how to deal with that. It tells us a little bit about who God is and then how we can deal with intimidation. The Psalms are actually a bit more like reality TV than you may have thought before. And let me explain that. We, we, when we read the Psalms, what we're tuning into is an unrehearsed and unscripted response that people are having in their real lives. Now, it helps us that they happen to be godly people and they're, they're saying truth about God. They're saying truth to themselves as they write. So we can really gain a lot by, by tuning into this. Uh, the Bible is more current than we often realize. And that's a blanket statement, more than just the Psalms. So if you, by the way, if you read the Bible and, and you feel you know, maybe you're in a dry patch as you read and nothing is uh, maybe just speaking to you. I would encourage you to, to hop over to Psalms and, and see what kind of refreshment can come as you interact with this unrehearsed kind of response to God. It really does help us. So I'm going to keep developing the idea on intimidation. It's true that even the toughest person you know, you might be the toughest person you know, or maybe it's somebody else. Even the toughest person you know can be brought down by a severe illness. Even the bravest person you know gets intimidated when something scary happens to their spouse or their child. And even the smartest person you know, again, might be you, you may know some smart people, but they, no one can outsmart the grip, the strong grip of fear on our lives. And so here's one more video clip that I think it's still, uh, it, it kind of reveals the era that I grew up and, and I was, I already did with little giants, but here's another one. But I think it, it unfolds what intimidation looks like in our lives. Oh, 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 oh,
It's a fun clip, I suppose, but that really captures quite a bit. We could talk, we could unfold that a little bit and relate to that in our own lives, how we feel cornered sometimes by intimidation. But here's where we're going today. There is one who cannot be rattled ever. Uh, By the way, he loves you just like this father in this cartoon loved his, his child. Neither global scale events nor personal scale events can even make him flinch. God is not intimidated by anything. In fact, this verse, back to to chapter 2, we talked about, even when entire nations join forces and they plot and mock against God, this passage says he sits in heaven and laughs. He he laughs. I kind of like this. You get to know God a little bit uh, through the Psalms in a new way. He even ridicules these people that come against him. So check out back in chapter 2, verse 4. It says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Again, this is against the people that are plotting against him. Can you imagine the level of power and just sovereignty it would require to laugh in the face of legitimate threats against you? Even the president of the United States, who is the commander in chief of of the military, the firepower he has, he doesn't laugh at serious threats. At least I hope he doesn't. He, He shouldn't. But God's power is so great, so far beyond that. Not only can he maintain composure in real threats, but he laughs. And after having a laugh, verse 5 says, then rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. No one can go head to head against God and even pose a threat to him. You know, the intimidation football scene, you know, it's not only does he need to to show his power. He 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 roars like that lion and, and silences people. So here's the point, and this is the next point in your guide. God is not intimidated by any threats. Therefore, we can trust him. Since God isn't intimidated, we need to get behind him and allow him uh, to be our strength. Later in the Psalms, um, in, in chapter 18, God is described more fully in, in these terms. In, in a promise that we can take with us in, in the face of intimidation. So check out this passage, Psalm 18:2. It says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I went through and bolded all the words that we can take courage in, in the face of intimidation. And there's like eight words or three, four, five, six. There's seven words in there that it's, he is, how, how many more ways can you say it? He is a solid foundation. We can take refuge. He's a shield. Under attack, a fortress is the best possible place to be. I've never been in a war, but I've seen the movies. And I know that in an attack, you want to be in a fortified place. Um, here's a definition of the, the word fortress. Number one, it's a military stronghold, especially a strong fortified town. And number two, a person or thing not susceptible to outside influence. And, that's, and that is our God. God is not susceptible to outside influence. In fact, he's above it all. God can be our fortress. 
if we take refuge in him. So we have a part here to play. We need to take refuge in God, who is our fortress. And because God is not intimidated by large-scale world affairs, neither do we. And God is not shaken by the smaller-scale events that really do wreak havoc in our lives. Uh, we lose sleep over some of these things. We, we fret. We allow anxiety to burn up our useful energy. Uh, but God has, offers a better way for us to handle intimidation. So when we feel threatened, it's really like we're standing at a fork in the road. Uh, our response, uh, we, we've got to make a choice. Our response can be let intimidation really get to us. Let it rattle us. Uh, or the other route, we can really truly seek refuge in God, who is our fortress and our rock, our shield, our deliverer, our stronghold. Clearly, God's way is better. But then that begs the question, how do we do that? When, I'm in, when I get the IRS or when I get the unexpected bill or when, when I get the call that a relationship is fractured, how do I seek refuge in God? And so we're going to finish up with, with answering that question, looking at the Psalms. How to take refuge when we feel threatened. Number one, trust and keep obeying God. Actually trust and actually keep obeying. So we're still, we're still back in um, Psalm 2. The, the, the Psalm 2 wraps up this way. Verse 11 and 12 says this. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun. And what that is, it's an imagery of just paying homage to a rightful king. We don't do that anymore, but, but it's giving respect to the king. So kiss the son, lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. When we feel threatened, God really calls us. He, he invites us, come take refuge. God is the fortress and he's inviting us to come take refuge in him. And, and these, we can unpack these verses even more and look, look at how. First, what I've said here is trust God. Trust God. God is trustworthy, by the way. Did you did you know that this morning? God is trustworthy. Name a promise that God has not kept for you. And and I bet you'll have a hard time. I I have uh, my wife and I have three daughters. Five. She just turned five on Wednesday. Uh, Almost three year old and then a nine month old. So they're all girls. So I'm the only man in the house. So I appreciate your sympathy right there. But. Our five-year-old just turned five. She wanted to have her birthday party themed. She said, I want to have a rainbow birthday party. And we said, okay, cool. That's great. And so what we, we took the opportunity. We had lots of colors. We built a rainbow out of strips of paper and stuff. And, but we took the opportunity to talk about God makes promises to us. In fact, that's why we have the rainbow, uh, if, you, if you didn't realize that. The rainbow is a symbol of God's promise, one of God's promises to us. And every time we, we told our daughter this, every time you see a rainbow, you can trust God because he keeps his promises. So we, we tried to develop that idea. I don't know. We're praying that it's stuck. We'll have to remind her that. But, but God is trustworthy. When you're intimidated, you can actually trust God. You can move your head knowledge of what the Bible says God is. You can move that into real life and say, God, I will trust you. I can trust you with this. But don't just... Trust him and stand still. All right, so that's the next part of this. Don't trust him and stand still. The first word in verse 11 is serve. We are to keep doing the things that God has us doing. He's given each of us a set of responsibilities. Each one of you has responsibilities on your plate from the Lord. So, so this verse says, fear God. 
serve him with fear. And, and what that clues us into is there's a right approach to take to this whole serving God thing. Fear means that we, we really take God seriously enough and do what he says. It's like our response to who God is, is to, is to actually do what he says. So if our view of God is inaccurate, it's hard to approach him the right way. That's why fearing him is, is mentioned here, and that's why that's important. But when fear grips you, if you're intimidated, really trust God and then keep a firm grip on the responsibilities that he has you doing, the things that he's asked you to do. By doing this, this is the way to refuse allowing fear and intimidation to get a hold of you. You refuse to freeze up and, and stop. Therefore, intimidation and fear has not won. You've kept going. Here's the other thing to do. Uh, another way to take refuge in God is to turn to God in prayer. And if anything, this the Psalms help us see ways to pray. Uh, it gives us, literally, we could open Psalms and find prayers and pray those back to God and allow our faith to be refreshed and renewed. But when we're intimidated, don't let the fear that you're facing, the intimidation, freeze you up. Use that fear to turn to God. Just make it an automatic response to pray. Don't let it harden you, but but take it to God in prayer. Again, we're at that fork in the road when intimidation comes. It can take us down the road of worry or the way of trusting God. And so we're going to jump back into to Psalm chapter 3. So actually the the whole chapter is rich and full. We're, we're going to read, we've already read the first couple of verses that talk about God is our fortress and stronghold. And remember, this is the, the chapter David was being hunted down by his own son, writing this. So if you're intimidated right now, look at this psalm and, and consider praying this back to God. Soak this in. So we'll start in verse 3. But you are a shield around me. O Lord, you bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. Selah is a, is a poetic or musical term that means pause. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. There's, there's a lot to, to un, unpack um, in this one, in this psalm. Again, David is running. He's fearful for his life and he's, he's crying out to God and saying these incredible truths about God. And, and what we learn from this, one thing is God doesn't necessarily want an, a rehearsed or an outline, a routine or polished prayer. He, he certainly doesn't want a, a fake prayer. He wants us to be honest and raw. God, I'm really struggling with this right now. Tell God that. And then, and then say the truth about God. Some pretty amazing things happen when we turn to God in prayer. Instead of taking the, the route of allowing intimidation to, to let us worry. I, I want you to see this and soak in the truth about God in these passages. There's so much to learn. The first thing is, God covers all our vulnerability. Verse 3, it's, David says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. A shield is, you know, get, get the picture of a, of a warrior in battle holding a shield. A shield is a really useful tool, probably more useful than a sword if you're under attack. Because that, that's just protecting us. 
protecting our vulnerabilities. And the shield is all about us. It's all around. Protects us from above, below, and in the sides, the, the dark places, as well as the light places. We're, God is a shield around us. Also, God gives us hope. Verse 3, the, the second part says, God is the lifter of my head. That's a very poetic you know, phrase, and we can, we can love that phrase. But imagine being drowning in intimidation, drowning in fear. Life is spinning, and we feel like we're drowning. And what the picture here is that God lifts our head up out of the water so we can breathe. And by doing that, he's, he's helping us turn our focus back to him. What a beautiful picture of God is our rescuer. He lifts our head. He answers us in verse 4. It says, he answered me from his holy hill. God hears us and he responds. When we cry out to God in prayer also, he gives us rest from fear and worry. And rest, if, if you think, this is one of those lines that I quickly read over the first several times, but if you think about it, when we sleep, that's like our most vulnerable, t- vulnerable time ever. Our defenses are completely down. We, we have no, maybe you're a light sleeper, but even still, your defenses are down because you're, you're, your eyes are closed, you're lying down. But if God, but what this is saying is, God sets a boundary on what he will allow to happen to us, even in our most vulnerable times. What this verse says is, when I lie, I, I lie down and sleep, God, God allows us to rest. I wake up again. He protected us, by the way, while we were asleep, because God is the one who sustains us. So when our defenses appear down, if you feel like you're at your weakest point, God is guarding you. He's shielding and sustaining you. That's what the psalm says. We can put our trust in him. And the point is this. Even in the the midst of unimaginable opposition, you may be facing something unimaginable. Or you may in in the near future. I hope you don't, but life goes that way. Even in the midst of that, we can gets sustenance. God will sustain us. He will fight for us and he saves us. So the next time that that you feel the grip of fear and intimidation, I'm going to ask you to trust God, obey what he said, keep doing the things he he has asked you to do, and turn to him in prayer. So I have some next steps I'd like you to consider, and I'll invite the the worship team to come back up. I want you to to consider what what does God have want you to do after this. Why am I here today? God, what did you have me here that for? Maybe it's one of these next steps. Maybe just identify your own typical response to, to intimidation. Maybe you need to spend some time. It, it took me a minute, actually, as I thought about this topic. What is my response to intimidation? I had to look inward a little bit. So maybe you need to do that. Also, work on developing your prayer reflex. You know your reflexes when you hit, you know, your knee and your leg kicks out. Wouldn't it be great if when fear comes, our instant reflex, automatic reflex is to turn to God in prayer? Or you may memorize, you may choose to memorize Psalm 3, verses 3 through 6. Incredible promises about who God is that we can really gain courage from in intimidation. So consider that. Maybe there's even something else that God spoke to you today, but I encourage you to put action to whatever God spoke to you today. So let me pray for us as we try to do that this week. Dear God, we, we pause and we recognize that um, you are all-powerful. You, you are the king, God, and creator. Um, there are things that are beyond our control, quite a few things, in fact. 
And uh, we admit that we can allow worry to creep in, intimidation and fear. God, help us to choose the right response, which is to see you for who you are, to, to trust you, to obey you. God, and I, I just pray that we would cry out to you, make that a reflex. Uh, as, we, as we live and face real life situations, there is so much joy that comes, God, by living life your way. So we thank you for that. Even in the face of opposition, there's joy in you. Help us to tap into to your power and help us to seek refuge in you this morning. No matter the circumstances in our lives, what we're facing right now, we ask for your help and we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.